Welcome, friend. I hope you're well. You're listening to the Mr. X Dreams podcast, where I regale you with stories of all things paranormal. Now, whether these stories come from my listeners, my own personal and family experience, or fictional stories from my own imagination, all stories you'll hear here are written and performed by yours truly. Make sure you follow this podcast for countless journeys to come. If you're listening on a rating-supported platform, like Apple iTunes, a five-star review would be very much appreciated. If you have a scary story of your own, reach out at mr.xdreams54 at gmail.com. That's mr.xdreams54 at gmail.com. And share your story with me. You might even hear it on a future episode. Now, sit back, relax, and spend a moment or two here in my world. I'm Mr. X, and welcome to my dreams. This episode is a part of a series of my older recordings I did for the Mr. X Dreams YouTube channel. If you're listening to the podcast version, please excuse references to YouTube and subscribers and things like that. Consider it a relic of the past. If you're the type to prefer visuals along with your stories, I usually put artwork and motion graphics to go along with the experience. You can find those videos over at youtube.com by searching Mr. X Dreams. We'll talk again soon. I tell you the truth, friend. Stay with me, and you and I will together witness the birth of new worlds. Hello there, my dreamers. Welcome back to my series of immersive experiences I like to call Travel the Mind point-of-view story in which you enter a world of my choosing and live out the story I've planted there. Unlike most stories you'd listen to here on my channel, this one allows you to live, if only for a moment, inside the story as its main character. Each episode of this series will have a theme. Tonight's theme will be that of a crime scene investigation, although if I must say, being my Halloween special, it goes quite a bit deeper than that. The setting, props, and characters are all going to be constructed by your mind. We will shape and mold a unique world with powers and abilities you may not yet have awakened. I recommend you listen to this recording while laying down comfortably in a dark room. If you have a sleeping mask, that may help too. Either way, I prefer your eyes to be closed, and you should try to remain as relaxed as possible. The closer you are to the precipice of sleep, the more vivid the experience should be for you. If you do fall asleep, I'd love to hear about what you see in your dreams. And if you make it all the way through, let me know by commenting down below. No matter what happens, no matter what you feel, hear, taste, smell, or see, try not to open your eyes until I release you. There will be instructions toward the beginning to help you get into the state I require for my experiment to be effective. There will be pauses to give you time to accomplish these tasks. Make sure you follow along if you want the full effect. And remember to like and subscribe if you enjoy this kind of content. That way I'll know if I should make any more. Now let's begin. Relax your muscles. Take a deep breath in. And out.
you will continue this pattern of deep breathing. Feel your brain approaching a state of calm. Every breath feels more expressive, with warm air being released from your body. Around you in all directions, nothing but darkness populated by impossible explosions of shapeless form and color. The inner universe of your mind is waiting for you to fill it with creation. Consider your earth as merely a plane that lies beneath you. Feel the gravity that draws you down. Its hold on you is weaker than you may realize. I'll prove that to you in a moment. I will aid in your liberation from the pull of this reality. You will escape for a while from the worries and joys and pain and pleasure of this day, the verses of the cosmic elegy that is your life, both the good and the bad, offering reprieve for a moment or two. You will come with me to the place where I live, the place where my powers reach farther and wider than anywhere else. You will come with me into the world of dreams. The shapeless forms will aid you in your journey. If your imagination is well trained, they will become images you can see in your mind's eye. You feel your body getting lighter. Your arms rise in unison from where they once rested. Your shoulders follow, weightlessly levitating into the air, along with the rest of your body. You feel the last part of you disconnect from the physical plane, and gravity is replaced with a vague sense of neutral buoyancy, floating. What you may be feeling now is a state of existence that could be described by a word. Equilibrium. You're beginning to become enmeshed in the fabric of your inner universe. The experience of blending in dissipating into the cosmos around you as your consciousness prepares to expand far beyond the boundaries of its natural corporeal form. You will take one more measured breath, and after this, we'll be ready to begin. Deep breath in. Three, two, one. If you've sufficiently opened your mind, you are now fully immersed into the world I've chosen for our journey today. Don't worry, friend. I'll be there with you, even if you don't see me. Let the residual images fade from your mind, the fragments of the reality left behind by your brain. Everything you remember, everything you've witnessed in life, all of the low-frequency elements of your flesh-bound existence. Focus your mind on cleansing until all returns to darkness. The first thing you feel is warm sunlight upon your face. The warmth is in contrast to the brisk autumn air, sending chills down your neck. You open your mind's eye to a new world, not unlike the one you know. 
You stand in front of an unassuming old suburban home in the outskirts of New Bern, North Carolina. Bright yellow crime scene tape stretches out across the front porch as you make your way up the steep incline of the cracked driveway. The deep burgundy bricks are made to look absolutely ancient, with the blackened mortar between them. You notice, however, the smell of freshly cut grass and the green streaks from a weed eater around the lower perimeter of the house. The rest of the landscaping is likewise manicured. Pink and purple flowers dot the bushes, and an ornate fountain cherub display sits in its own little alcove of a miniature garden. The pristine and pleasant exterior almost takes you in, but you suddenly remember what you're here for. You duck under the crime scene tape, careful not to overstretch it. The muffled voices of the first responders are audible through the frosted glass paneled front door. It's just slightly ajar, so you let yourself in. The smooth brass of the door handle chills the skin of your palm. The scene has already been cleared per the agency's orders. No other personnel are on site except those who initially discovered the scene. No broken windows. The locking mechanism is intact. No scratches around the deadbolt or the keyhole. No signs of forced entry so far, at least not from the front. You step into the secured area and put on your special crime scene socks. The first thing you see is an elegant, open living room. Everything looks as you would expect. Not overly polished, but clean enough. A little corner with puzzle piece foam floor mats. Pink and magenta, and covered with multicolored building blocks. A baby doll with crazy hair lies twisted in a pose only the mind of an uncaring child could conceive. The smell of mahogany and lavender is tinged with a metallic odor of blood. Hey there, Inspector. We were just talking about how we definitely did not mess up your scene. The, um, the situation. He's back there in the kitchen. Nothing you haven't seen before, I'm sure. But, goodness gracious, it's heavy stuff. You offer a weak smile, trying not to remove yourself too far from the mental state you've been working up toward the whole drive here from D.C. One of the officers waves you on, down towards the serving area that opens up into the kitchen. You can see her staring at the floor with disgust scrawled across her face. Her whole posture gives you an idea of what she's looking at. Shoulders tight almost up to her neck. Subtle pulling in of her lower jaw and frowning at the corners of her mouth. Arms tucked firmly into the pockets of her body armor carrier. This is exactly how we found him after the call came in, Inspector. FYI, the neighbors say they were under the impression that the wife and child were possibly moving out. The lady also said she had seen the stiff taking out his trash on Tuesday. Apparently, the residents here like to keep to themselves. You give the officer a nod and follow it up with a stare which tells her everything she needs to know. Time for her to let you work. You look down and pull out your smartphone. Uh, roger that, Inspector. I'll get out of your way and let you do your thing. Real quick, are they taking applications or anything up at Division? I was wondering if I could pick your brain after you finish up here. 
Your stare turns into another faded smile and a barely perceptible nod. Her face lights up, and she hurries out of the room, leaving you to your devices. You step around the corner, into full view of the kitchen. Modern appliances and granite countertops. Hardwood cabinets and smooth wood-colored tiles line the floor. There's a large refrigerator butting up against the wall. It looks like a precise fit. Only about two inches of clearance between the fridge and the wall, but it's been pulled out slightly. About two feet off the ground is where the victim begins. White male, mid to late thirties, average build. His arm is wedged into the tiny gap between the wall and the side of the refrigerator, all the way up to his right triceps. The upper portion of his head and right shoulder are partially degloved, exposing muscle and subcutaneous fat in his face, arm, and chest. His right eye appears to have been punctured. The cause of death was most likely exsanguination, or rapid blood loss, possibly shock. The victim's face is frozen in desperate fear, his eyes bulging and tongue protruding from his mouth, teeth bared in a permanent display of struggle. We've already got all of the photos taken care of, Inspector. Any ideas so far? You pause to consider what will have to be done with the two officers in the event that this incident were to qualify as an anomaly. There were no valuables to be catalogued either. Just wanted to let you know, in case you were wondering. Too many questions. Too many interjections. These officers' chances of maintaining life as they know it are dropping by the second. Mildly annoyed, you kneel down to examine the blood pattern. The aroma is metallic, but not yet decayed. As expected, most of the blood is pooled, with only a few spatters, indicating some kind of brief struggle. Your initial idea is that perhaps he hit his head and lost consciousness partway into the fight. But that doesn't explain how he jammed his arm into an impossibly narrow space. His forearm muscles and biceps are sheared and bunched up around the base of his deltoid, creating a mangled, bloody knot of muscle and loose tendons just below his shoulder. No way he did this on his own unless he was on some kind of drug. Even given that, there aren't many options. Reports say he was last seen alive and well not long before this. No one has reported seeing any unusual visitors in the area either. You call out to the officers about his history. No criminal history, Inspector. Neighbors say he was a pretty clean guy, but they'd been complaining about their house getting messed up. Like someone was trashing it whenever they left. That's why he put up the cameras. There could be something they didn't know about. You pace around the corpse. Its bright red surface is paralyzed with death. You notice something on his back. Multiple small indentations. Some actual holes punched into the flesh between his lower waist and ribcage. Blood spatter smears over the deeper gouges. One even penetrates his belt and the top of his pants. The area seems to correspond with the lower corner of the fridge, which you now realize is dented outward, toward the victim, 
rather than inward. A streak of black dust, like a fine charcoal powder on the indentation, pulls your eyes into the gap between the fridge and the wall. You notice that it's much darker than you would expect, given the ample lighting in the rest of the room. You shine your flashlight in and find the entire space between is covered in the same darker-than-black soot. The victim's hand appears to be missing, with the lower part of his forearm covered in blackness. Your mind struggles to relate this to any of the previous anomalous cases you've been on. 477, 576, even case 461. Nothing rings any bells. Other than the wounds in his back, He's basically untouched, from the waist down. His black jeans and work boots are stained with old grass, but there appears to be something else. Light gray dust. The same material is on his knees and his one remaining elbow. It occurs to you there may be more to learn about this scene before you clear the cleanup team to take the body away. You snap and upload a photo of the victim before placing your phone in your holster clip for recording the rest of your investigation. The hallway is lined with a layer of dusty boot prints. As you move into the hall, you see an open door that leads into a bedroom with an old beige landline phone and a built-in answering machine. The bright red display is blinking with the number 05. Message. Rodney, where are you? Rodney? Rodney, please pick up. Rodney? With gloved hands, you push the door open and step inside, pressing the play button on the machine. What is wrong with you, Rodney? I know you're in there. What the hell are you doing? And why did you take my house key? You know you have our daughter out here in the cold, right? What in the world are you thinking? Rodney, I'm coming home. I'm sorry, okay? I'm just so tired of putting Anna through all of this. She's running out of time as it is. Can't we just make this work for her sake? Rodney, please answer the door. I know you've changed all the locks. My mom's key doesn't work anymore, please. I, 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 can't, I can't do this alone. I, I just can't. Rodney, what the hell are you doing in the house? Kim told me you've been making all kinds of noise. You're keeping the whole neighborhood up. Rod, it's embarrassing. Can you please stop it? Can you... God, just talk to me. Rodney, listen to me. Forget about the house, okay? Forget about the basement. I made an appointment with Dr. Jordan. He said we could try again. Baby, you know I need this. We need this. It can be like it was before, with with all the firsts all over again. Yeah. 
Rodney, please pick up the phone. Curious. The dusty gray boot prints continue down the hall to a nondescript door. You test the doorknob and it creaks open to a set of narrow stairs that go down into the basement. Hesitant, you pull a string hanging from a hole in the bare drywall above the threshold. A loud fluorescent bulb flickers to life, just outside your view, illuminating the corner of a pile of broken bricks and mortar dust. You carefully descend the wooden steps into the dank space, the red record light still blinking on your belt. The basement is clearly much, much older in its construction than the shiny veneer of the upstairs tries to suggest. The lower level seems to be empty, save for the mess of construction debris and a heavy pickaxe lying on the ground nearby. A large hole in the wall reveals a narrow gap. Approximately three to four inches of space appear to be preserved behind the partially false wall. Upon closer inspection, a pungent, rancid odor sears the back of your sinuses. Wafting from within the wall is the scent of something confined, constricted inside the small gap. It couldn't be a raccoon or a cat. Too small of a space. Maybe a snake. But you've never heard of a snake that smelled of human filth and body odor. Whatever it is, it doesn't appear to be there now. You shine your flashlight into the crevice. The beam of light falls flat against what appears to be a wall of black soot. A somehow even more putrid odor assaults your senses, prompting your flashlight to twist in your hand towards the bottom of the space. A clear mound of what appears to be hardened, perhaps even fossilized fecal matter sandwiched between the two layers of brick. With your normally unfazed demeanor starting to crack, you turn to survey the basement when behind you a strange noise shoots past. You whip your head around, looking for a suspect, finding nothing but a face full of thin, musty air, like an unnatural breeze in the damp basement. The air conditioning unit kicks on back near the entrance of the basement. You subconsciously took notice of the gigantic unit coming in. It's a large rectangular block type unit that goes from floor to ceiling. It butts up very close to the basement wall. The gentle humming takes off some of the tension of being alone in such a place. You make your way around the concrete basement floor which is blanketed in a layer of dust with Rodney's boot prints scattered about. Partially filled buckets of unused, hardened mortar and concrete are littered throughout, and several parts of the walls are clearly recently repaired. He must have been down here tearing up the walls for days, maybe weeks. Notes taped to various areas on the walls are scribbled with dates and cryptic statements. September 24th. House was trashed heard my name being called. September 29th. Dug out to investigate tapping noise. Wall was empty. 
filled it in with cement. October 25th. House trashed again. Found the black powder substance under my bed. Heard snickering coming from this spot. Wall was empty. Filled it in with cement. Below is another repaired section. There are dozens of notes, each depicting another strange occurrence. Rodney was trying to track down something he believed was hiding in the walls. It's extremely odd that virtually every wall in the basement has a hollow like that. You turn around facing the stairs. There's now a large puddle of black dust on the ground with four human fingers protruding upward from the center. Bright red blood contrasts with the black, as droplets of it detach and rise to the ceiling, defying gravity. You aren't sure, but you almost see the hand twitching. Thinking quickly, you press the emergency button on your phone and the countdown begins. The hazard unit is approximately one minute out. They were advised to stand by out of sight for this contingency. And this, this is definitely a situation, an anomaly. Your heart begins to pound in your chest as it dawns on you that you might have penetrated too far into the hazard zone, whatever it is. You walk with a purpose back toward the stairwell. Hopefully the hazard unit can take a look at them. Just as you pass the air conditioning unit, something juts out from the narrow space between the machine and the brick wall. A filthy, scrawny-looking arm and a bony, human-like hand grasps your right elbow with a surprisingly powerful grip. With your head beginning to spin with confusion, you look to the gap and see an eye staring up and away from you. The eye bulges from a distinctly human-looking face that seems to have been warped and flattened to the point where it shouldn't be in any way viable. It doesn't appear crushed, but rather as if the bone structure and internal organs are extremely malleable. The eye darts around, on the verge of being squeezed from its own socket, seeming to look at nothing in particular, a misplaced mouth with quivering, cracked lips and exposed protruding teeth are also squeezed into the narrow space. It looks more like a dead fish than any sort of humanoid you've ever encountered. Its skin carries a purple and yellowish marbled complexion, as if thoroughly bruised. A few greasy strings of hair stick to the sides of a gap now lined with black soot, the substance you noted earlier. A torrent of blackness billows from the creature's face just as you start to inhale, preparing to scream out. You try to yell for help, but you realize your face is now full of something dry and flavorless, sapping the moisture from your mouth in an instant. All that you can muster is a cough, and with it comes a plume of black dust causing you to gasp and choke, struggling to breathe without inhaling any more soot. With a labored gasp, the creature pulls your arm in towards itself. Your hand scrapes its way into the trap until its progress is halted. When your elbow strikes the edges, 
Your breathing picks up as you struggle to get free of the creature's intense hold. You don't notice the sharp pain or the first trickles of blood from your own forearm. The thing's breathing becomes more erratic and its body spasms, jerking ever deeper into the recess of the gap. You feel the bones in your elbow begin to splinter under the massive pressure. They give way, and now the pain is unavoidable. Another filthy, frail-looking hand reaches out from the darkness and takes hold of you by piercing your ribcage, each finger cutting in and wrapping itself around one of the bones, then pulling toward the crevice. You feel the skin above your elbow stretch thin, and the tears happening as each section approaches its tensile limit. With your left hand, you grab for the stairwell banister, but before you can reach it, a third hand grasps your forehead with a finger probing into your left eye socket, causing red blood to rain down over the eye, tainting and blurring your vision. The sound of your own bones cracking fills your eardrums, outdone only by the screaming pain from your brain. You hear a grizzled voice coming from the gap. The thing comes into view of your uninjured eye. As he continues trying to pull you into his minuscule domain, groping and tearing at you with what seems to be countless hands, each with sharp, forceful fingertips. Suddenly, you feel slack in your right arm as the creature lets up its death grip. Before you can take the moment to collect yourself and react, the grasp tightens again and pulls on your head, slamming it into the wall. A wave of blackness washes over you. You try to fight it. Another blow to your head makes your loss of consciousness inevitable. The last thing you see is the monster's teeth, glistening with deep yellow, foamy saliva, reflecting the red lights blinking on your phone. Greetings, my friends. I hope you enjoyed this journey. First of all, I want to give a huge shout out to my friends, Dr. Creepin, Margbot, and Heidi, for providing their voices for a couple of my characters in this story. I reached out with them with um, pretty short notice, and they all came through for me. Once this video is over, go ahead and check out their channels and let them know I sent you. Links are in the description box down below. So, I want you to know that I am not a CSI, nor have I ever played one on TV, so I don't expect that my limited training made for any type of exceptionally accurate procedure there. I hope that at least it helped drive the story. That said, I actually had this idea quite a while ago. If you recall, I made a kind of an ASMR type of video, and I use that term loosely, 
that was basically along the same lines as this one, in terms of format. It was meant to be a sort of a mental journey through a paradise planet that the listener would create in their mind according to my instructions. And ever since I released that video, I've always wondered how it would be to do the same thing. An immersive point of view experience that centered around horror themes instead of something more peaceful. I wanted to test my ability to build mystery and tension and intrigue and to set up a small world within a story that people could continue to think about even when the story is done. So I left plenty of clues and elements for you to ponder and discover for yourselves. If you noticed anything or have any theories as to what happened here, how and why, who the main character is and what the creature is, any other thoughts you might have, I would love to hear what you have to say. And I want you to know that there are no less than three storylines woven into this little world I've created for you. So let me know what you thought about the story. Did it make you feel anything? Any feedback would be appreciated and taken into consideration because I want you all to enjoy yourselves here. And as many of you know, I only do original content here on my channel. Only the best for my dear dreamers. And as you might have noticed, I chose to release this as my Halloween special. I'm sure by now you can tell why. Getting everything together and the sound effects and all that was quite a task. But I hope in the end it, it worked out and it was something that you enjoyed. Hopefully it made your night just a little bit creepier. And also, here's a little hint for you about this story. The creature involved was one of my own design. And this is not the first time he's made an appearance on this channel. I'll leave it at that. So anyway, I hope this message finds you well, my friend. Whatever you do, give it your best. You're all, and expect no reward. That way, if a reward comes along, it will be a pleasant surprise. Until next time, my dreamers. Take care. I'm Mr. X, and may your nights be full of dreams. Hello again, my dreamers. Mr. X Dreams here. I wanted to thank you for listening to the Mr. X Dreams podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Like I said before, make sure you follow this podcast for countless journeys to come. Don't forget, if you can, please leave a five-star rating and review. It'd be very much appreciated, and it certainly helps out. If you feel I deserve it, that is. Also, if you have a scary story of your own to share, reach out to me at mr.xdreams54 at gmail.com. That's mr.xdreams54 at gmail.com. You might even hear it on a future episode of the show. Once again, thanks for listening, my friend. I hope you're well, enjoy your day, night, weekend, or whatever's coming next. I wish you the best in all your endeavors. Until next time, I'm Mr. X, and may your nights be full of dreams.